like all great men, we should exceed to exceed our reach should exceed our grasp. Yeah. All right. You ain't failing, you ain't trying. <laughs> he's Scott. He's Lee. And Adrian is here. here. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here to see the movies. Woo-hoo. Episode 16. <laughs> Marvel movies. <laughs> no, Marvel Cinematic Universe, not just Marvel movies. Oh, fine. <laughs> Don't confuse people. Why do you hate the Punisher so much? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, all three Punisher movies have been pretty solid, I think. They're decent. Yeah. But I mean, he's such a simple character. He's yeah. just an action hero. How hard is it to do an action Basically. hero? Put a skull on him. Yeah, it's basically Commando with <laughs> a particular t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this episode we're going to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Starting with Iron Man. Right. 2008. Going forward through um, the the most recent Marvel movies and beyond. So joining us will be Adrian. Hi, guys. <laughs> because as we were talking about earlier, when you couldn't, we, we recorded, but you couldn't hear it, so it doesn't matter. One of the biggest complaints, I think, at, uh, at the Marvel Cinematic Universe is it's full of white guys. <laughs> yeah. So we want to at least do our minimal part and include one-third ladies. <laughs> I'm assuming she's going to I'm, I'm one-third lady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get some interesting God. Plus, you know, you're probably sick of hearing us talk. I know I'm sick of hearing yeah. Scott's opinions. <laughs> Likewise, sir. Our black fin- friend was busy. So <laughs> we found a woman. So I think it's it's safe to say that Marvel has built a cinematic uh, juggernaut. <laughs> yes, of comic book movies. Yes. Recently, the probably um, one of the most successful. Star Wars is kind of stepping back into that, but right now I think ongoing Marvel is. I'm still not sure really Star Wars can measure up. Anymore. I don't know. It's got so many fan boys and girls. I guess it's longevity, really. Yeah. It's that's even with 2008, that's still nothing compared to what 78. The only thing is, the Marvel movies do have at least have the comic book fan base that's got as much longevity. Technically, more if you if you get in some of these older characters who've been around for decades and decades. But I'm not sure the, the I think the, the movies themselves, yeah. But I think the movies are, are succeed partly because they don't rely on that comic book audience. Yes. You don't have to have read the comic books to enjoy right. MCU I movies. Not. Yeah, and I love them. So. Right. And, all, and it's surprising uh, most, most that anything... Most people probably haven't read yeah. the comic books. You're not going to make as much money as they had if you had to be a super fan. Sure. <laughs> it's surprising that it, it has... It, I've never seen anything rival Star Wars as much as this. Like, yeah. As far as... At least cinematically. Like... So you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But still, I really don't think uh, another series has really come anywhere close to that. And this is probably the what makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe unique is it really is the first shared universe. Like until Rogue One came along, Star Wars is always the same couple of characters. Right. Uh, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe really has been well. Here's this guy over here, and this guy over here, and there's this lady over here. But let's not worry about her. No, uh, <laughs> and all these characters and how they kind of share this universe and and operate. Like even and even Star Wars still hasn't taken that step because Rogue One is just basically different characters, but part of that same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jedi, Jedi, smuggler. Right, Jedi. and <laughs> and like it's still about the Death Star. It's still about that. Whereas Death like Star. you know Doctor Strange, Desert Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange has nothing to do with Avengers. Right. It, right. It, and yet, it's still an important story about how if Doctor Strange screwed up, it wouldn't matter if the Avengers saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> the Avengers would be like, what the hell is that? Oh, that's an even dimensional monster who's going to eat the universe. 
But don't worry about that. You 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 did your part with terrorists. Good job. Most of the <laughs> heroes are saving the universe constantly. Right. <laughs> it's it's a very fragile fragile piece. It's interesting that you bring up Star Wars because I think that's I hadn't really thought about it, but it, it really is the modern kind of big budget movie about the fantastical that's accessible to like a general audience. Uh-huh. I don't know how it became accessible to a general audience, but it is. <laughs> well, I think they started with the most accessible because it was literally. It just a normal human being. I, you, you mean know, Iron with, Man? With Iron Man. I think they started with the the base, you know, this is just technology, essentially. Even though it's not real right, technology, right, right. It's, it is technology is what you're really believing in. And as long as you're okay with believing in technology, that's where you start. <laughs> you know, and it's like, that's fine, because... You I refuse you to know, believe in technology. <laughs> hey, there are people... There are, you're right, there are I can't people. argue. Shots fired. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... I think that... Um, <laughs> also, our science fiction thing about the, all the Luddite messages, me and play God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Iron Man, you're right. It's like, it, it is pro-technology. He's like, look, I can make a suit and I can help people. Because if they would have started out, as we've mentioned the before, eat him one day. <laughs> if, we had, if you had started out with Doctor Strange, people would have, oh, would have been like, have, this yeah. is magic? Are you crazy? This is ludicrous. Like that. So it, they had yeah. to build up. So they started at the simplest place possible that people could understand and absorb. He's he's a great. Well, first of all, he's a great character for that because he's an Avenger. So they've already kind of can float that idea, which is more of an experiment than they realized. Uh-huh. He's an inventor. Uh, when he's in that suit, he's he's pretty powerful. He's not like minorly powerful. Uh-huh. He, he's a pretty heavy hitter, and so you really set the stage for characters that are like more powerful as they come along. But you also give him, he can also interact with lower level characters on their level. So he's a good linchpin. Yeah, and you've said before, he wasn't like a widely known character. No. <laughs> when they made the movie. Well, the, um, the. Which is also a good candidate. To, yes. Just to prove that you can do that well, with a character that's not known. A good test, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and well, because, you know, if, if it, just, it did well, but if they if the cinematic user fell and fallen through, they wouldn't have cared because it would have just been like a cute little thing. Oh, remember that thing at the end of Sam, where Samuel Jackson shows up and says hi? Right. Uh, um, and I mean, Iron Man didn't arise out of a vacuum, right? There were other m- movies based on Marvel characters, right? It was like the X Men movies, Spider Man movies, and I feel like X Men is kind of where like Hollywood studios saw that you could make a movie that makes money <laughs> based on comic book characters, right? Regardless of whether or not they're known or whatever, it's or whether or not you've read comics. It'll still make money, so they were like, "Well, it's it's a somewhat of a risk, but it's not really because well, and it's X Men did it before." Well, and and the one that really pushed it over the top because Iron Man really was kind of a gamble. Uh, ironically, it was Ghost Rider because for years uh, they'd been trying to make movies, and one guy and I can't remember his name. I, I saw I, I can't remember now, but his whole job was like, "Guys, we can make movies with these characters," and they were like, "Well, we have licensed all our our popular characters," and he was like, "You don't have to have your popular characters if you make a good movie with these characters. People, even if they don't know who they are." And then they made Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider did really well, and people were like, huh, well, I guess people will go see a movie about a character that almost nobody knows about. <laughs> and that, I think, was also what got them to start doing stuff like, uh, like that would give them the courage to do Iron Man, because Iron Man's a much more easy concept than Ghost Rider, yeah. supernatural biker with a flaming skull head. But it was that, that step, once they realized that, they, they allowed them to take the, ch- the, the take the chance. And it's not Iron Man's not that big of a chance as a character because he's not that weird compared well, to so many characters. He's very normal, actually. Right. He's very flawed. He's you know a, yeah. Even in the I, I do know from the comics, he's a bit of a drunk. You know, he's got things going on. Well, he, yeah, he and was that, an alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, he is still, but he doesn't drink. Right. <laughs> 
But so, yeah, I mean, he's a very believable and, and identifiable character. So, and his, or person. And his, his, uh, his, his origin about like being a weapons manufacturer, that's still relevant today. You don't have to really tweak that very much. No. It's just like originally it was Vietnam. Now it's in Afghanistan. It does. Yeah. You're saying that Nick Cage saved comic book movies. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Ghost Rider just, just saved comic book movies because <laughs> people were like, no one's going to want to see this movie, and it did well. <laughs> and they were like, huh, okay. <laughs> Hollywood, here's the thing that Hollywood does. Hollywood does this all the time. Is After something's successful, they're like, look how smart we are. But the whole time you'll read about how, oh, no, no one's going to watch, no one cares about that, and it's never going to make any money. Yeah. Like Titanic was going to be a huge bomb. Uh, Avatar, by then they'd built up enough cred that people were like, oh, Avatar's going to do well, but... Tangled uh, was with Disney had come out in in private meetings and where the people executives were like that's going to be our last musical because these are just old fashioned and nobody cares about these anymore. Really? And then Tangled came and just did really well and they were just like oh so nobody knows what they're doing. Oh no, you hear all the time about yeah. somebody trying to sell a, a script mm-hmm. to like fifteen different studios and nobody says it until finally somebody's like okay and then it just explodes and it's right. a main, you know made huge hit and it's like oh gee you know and it's like that all, all the time that happens pirates of the caribbean people were like this oh, is yeah. stupid <laughs> who's gonna want to go see pirates of the caribbean it's a pirate movie which does terrible pirate movies do terrible yep. in hollywood uh-huh. it's based on a ride <laughs> yeah and then it became this huge franchise and now they're like well everyone loves the pirates you didn't know that shut yeah. up <laughs> i think the lesson here is that it's a mistake to take like this established IP and think that's going to buy you anything. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Although, I mean, you could argue maybe that's with Star Wars because I would argue Rogue One isn't very good. But that's a whole other thing. I'm not going to get into that. We're not talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it is it is an interesting what is that level when you get people invested because I think that was the mistake. Like, they did The Lone Ranger, which isn't very good. And partly that's... But a lot of the mistakes with The Lone Ranger are just the, the same kind of things they did with Pirates. And you can see, I'm sure I could see executives behind the scene going like, well, you know, should Johnny Depp be doing this? And they're like, well, you said he was stupid as, as you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, and everyone loves that guy. So, you, Right, they're always grasping on the wrong thing. Well, they don't know. I mean, to be, it's like it's like Deadpool did great, and now they're like, well, let's do a little ring movie where he's cutting people to pieces. Yeah, because that's what made people love Deadpool. <laughs> so nobody knows what they're doing. And this whole Iron Man thing starts the MCU, and it's a it's an experiment. Now, in the in retrospect, you're like, "Oh, look how amazing, how smart they were." They don't know; they still don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but I think it was a wonderful place to start, it and is. I think that they, it's an excellent movie. Yeah, I think it's a really. So I think it's actually aged pretty well. Right, that's the important thing, right? I mean, Pirates of, Pirates of the Caribbean, Iron Man, Ghost Rider, I guess. <laughs> they're solid movies. <laughs> I like Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider Two. I'm gonna go on record. <laughs> they're not my favorites, but they're good. They're decent. Movies. They're decent movies. Yeah. Uh, and that's the important part, right? I mean, you create, you take this kind of fantastical universe and make a good story in it. <laughs> well, and what here's the thing that I think the MCU does really well is it has its own shared universe sensibility, but it also has distinction among the characters. The characters all operate in different ways. Like, yeah, there's a certain amount of humor and and absurdity into it, but like Doctor Strange behaves differently than Captain America. They have their own sensibilities in the movies and that they tie together, which is actually a lot like comic books. Because comic books do that a lot. In the original comics, these characters all live in the same universe. But they have different sensibilities. You know, mm-hmm. Certainly somebody like Daredevil, who lives in the you know streets, is not the same as Silver Surfer, who's off in space. <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, just like, you know, aliens invading and, yeah. you know, etc. You're clearly going to uh, deal with that in a very different way. Yeah. 
based on who you are and your character. Yeah. The same thing, Daredevil would not be able to, he, he would call the Avengers if yeah. the aliens came to Hell's Kitchens. He'd be like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, you show, you show a Daredevil and Dormammu from yeah. Dr. Strange shows yeah. up. Daredevil's like, I could throw a stick at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he'd be, I, I, on the self, I, I, don't, I don't even know who to call. I'll call Hulk? Oh, that's not going to work either. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do love about the comic book universe. It's literally like, I love that like fans of comic books will always argue who's most powerful, but it really depends on the situation. Yeah. Because it's like, like Hulk shows up and it's like, well, I'm an other dimensional monster god from, you know, I don't, you can punch me all day. I'm not <laughs> and uh you're right like daredevil's like oh there's ninjas let's well, call him daredevil but it's like oh aliens are invading well i mean he can help a little bit but he's probably not gonna, gonna right. not gonna put him on board the ship <laughs> i mean if i had to take somebody he was the only option i'd take him because it's better to have any superhero than no superhero sure <laughs> daredevil can hear through walls at least <laughs> i guess I feel like DC has this problem where a lot of their characters are very powerful. Um, except maybe Batman. Yeah, but even he's sort of got power creep because he's just like, he's awesome at everything. I can beat everybody all the time. If you have a hojillion dollars, you can basically build whatever the fuck I you want. Yes. Well, you know, the DC problem, I they, people always think it's because they're too powerful. Now, I do think that makes it harder to make interesting, unique movies with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because one of the things, uh, it, when we go through a movie-by-movie movie list, one of the things I think, like, one, Ant-Man's one of my favorite of the Marvel movies. And I think it's a solid movie, but also it's because it's a unique movie that only, Ant-Man's movie is the only, it's a story only he can tell. Mm-hmm. Because it involves shrinking and growing. Those are unique powers that he brings to the table. The DC stuff is just like, look at me, I'm super powerful, and I punch through walls. And what do you do? <laughs> I'm super powerful, and I punch through walls. And what do you do? I'm super powerful. And I punch through walls. And it's kind of like, how do you make those characters distinct? And it's a little harder. And especially movie-wise, it's hard to do it. It's one of my problems with Star Wars movies is, like, at least with Rogue One, they're not, like, there's, they're, they're different characters. But, like, how many times can you do a Jedi before it's kind of like, well, like, the prequels suffer from that immensely. You have those huge fight scenes. And it's just like 7,000 guys with lightsabers. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to win. Yay! <laughs> That guy? <laughs> oh no, that guy. Yeah. That guy with the purple lightsaber hit that guy with the red lightsaber. That's Sam Jackson. I know. You're talking about Sam I Jackson. know. <laughs> talking about the flattest performance from Sam Jackson. I've yeah, I, I, I watched a review one time, and that's what they said about that. They were like, uh, it's weird that you have you hire Sam Jackson to be a flat character, which is kind of like, it's <laughs> yeah. not his strength. No. Right? He's like, he always kind of is like on the edge of losing it. And this one, he's just like all calm. It's like the worst Sam Jackson role. I guess that's partly his fault because he wanted to be in it. Well, that's partly his fault. Well, no one made it be in the movie. It is very bizarre to see a super zen Sam Jackson is just not, (laughs) not Sam Jackson. It's just. Just, just play. He, if he just let him, if they give him like something. some extra like edge, like he was like a like the the ed, the Jedi on the edge of losing it. <laughs> I'm tired. All these motherfucking sim. <laughs> All these motherfucking desert planets. <laughs> okay, so we've gotten ta- talked about Iron Man. Okay. Next in the series is Hulk. Was Iron Man? Well, actually, it's Iron Man, Was Iron Man technically, it, according to the schedule, I believe, actually, Hulk came out in February. Uh, 
of 2008, Iron Man came out, came out in May. I well, think that's... No, uh, Iron Man came first because they... they... Oh, it's June. Sorry, yeah. never mind. Uh, okay, here's the question. Did, was Black Widow in Iron Man 1? No. She was in 2. She was in yeah. 2. Okay, okay, because that was interesting. Yeah, so I think Iron Man 1 works. I think it's got... I mean, I had one friend one time summarize it as a story about a guy who takes forever to put together a suit and then he uses it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, that's kind of right, but it still works. Yeah. Oh, one other thing I want to say about Iron Man. Yes, that's true. <laughs> is I saw Iron Man with my wife. It's a pretty awesome suit, though. It is. It is. Sorry, I saw Iron Man with my wife, and the thing that was astounding, this is a, this is the part I do remember about it, is... We're sitting there, and the first part where he's got the suit in the cave, and he comes out, and it's kind of like that big clunky suit, <laughs> and my, my wife is holding my hand, and she's squeezing my hand so hard, because we're nerds, and we're like, because now we're used to it. Oh, yeah, they show up, and they're a lot like the character, but that was the first time. Oh, my God. That's like Iron Man, even like clunky Iron Man. And then there's the part where the first time, like, the, there's the explosion, and he flies for the first time in that clunky suit, and she nearly crushed my hand, <laughs> and I was just... I was like, this is something special. <laughs> At that moment, I always remember because I was like, as nerds, we were like, oh my God. Like, you showed me that scene, I'd know exactly what it is. <laughs> and, and like, they're not doing the thing where it's like, he sort of flies. Now, he sort of flew in that scene because it was the clunky suit. Yeah. But I think that's really, that's the thing that they, and they do that over and over in these movies. Every so often, there's something I call the hand squeezing moment where it's just like, I never thought I'd see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're staying pretty true to the, the characters. As they exist in the comics. And they're introducing those elements one at a time that are like the next level thing. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. do Oh, it. they can do a little more. Oh, this is something right. you hadn't seen before right. that they could do. Yeah, that, that you've seen in the comics but haven't seen in the movies Civil yet. War is a great example. Like, you could not have done Civil War with all those characters fighting. It would have been too much. But now that we know all their characters and their abilities, and we're not, we're kind of, all the I, all the non-comic book fans are kind of like, oh, this is going to be exciting. And it's like, yeah, it's always exciting when superheroes, <laughs> which guys beat each other up. And they've all got different <laughs> abilities and powers. And, and it's interesting. The one thing I will say about Iron Man, I, I love Iron Man. It's a great yeah. movie. But we've mentioned it before, but, well, Tony Stark would be dead. There is, <laughs> yeah. there, there, even the scene, the, 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 the great scene in the movie that everybody loves where he's testing out for yeah. the first time the rocket boots. And of course, uh, Jarvis like sprays him with yeah. the, the thing. And it's great. It's a fantastic scene, but it's like, you do understand that he literally just got ejected into a stone wall <laughs> about 30 feet ahead. And it's just, yeah, he would Suddenly have... Suddenly it's Looney Tunes logic. Yeah, yeah you, he if would he's have... in the suit, he's a superhero. Yeah. He's not in the suit now. No, he had nothing on. <laughs> he had nothing on. He just boots and a t-shirt and like that and a jean, jeans or whatever. Yeah, the, he would have 18 broken bones, a contusion or more, a concussion. Like, I, yeah, there's not, oh, I'm fine. Right. No, no, that's... Well, I he agree would with be you. Dead. We can pretend like when he's in the suit that he's protected even though he still gets squished to jelly. Yeah. He, but he's he not would. in the suit. Yes. So Iron Man should be dead. That's the only downside to Iron Man. But I love it anyway. Are you glad they didn't kill him? <laughs> I suspect all these uh, movies are going to stretch credulity in, in some manner. True. What are you talking about? Hulk's, Hulk's pretty believable. Yeah. yeah, it's all believable. What are you talking about? A guy who gets uh, big and green when he's angry? Yeah, well, once you understand that he's drawing mass from another dimensional source. <laughs> I, 
can get into the deep Marvel cuts here. You don't want that. Okay. I've, I've heard that Hulk is the strongest there is being in the universe. <laughs> not even close, by the way. But that's all right. I, I've not watched Hulk, so you guys would have to talk about that one. It's, I'm it's not pretty much what you expect. It's it's not really a challenge. It, it was their tr- attempt. Again, I think Hulk was their attempt to take a character who they felt was established and had a stronger sense of the audience. But the audience... See, the problem with established characters, and this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't ex- understand, is they come with baggage. And so Hulk comes with a lot of baggage because... Not just because of the comic baggage, but like... Even in the original Ang Lee movie, I had people say like, well, he looks too big. Because they were expecting like Lou Ferrigno. And Aww. I'm like, yeah, because in the TV show, of course, he was a guy because they didn't have special effects to make a giant monster. <laughs> right. <laughs> but even that confuses it. And, and the DC stuff has that problem too because people already have opinions about Aquaman. People already have opinions about Superman. People... But, like, the great thing about, and people even have opinions about Hulk, but, like, again, Iron Man and so many of these characters, so many non-people, non-comic book fans don't really have a strong opinion. And I think, so I think the criticism you get from Hulk is the same criticism you're always going to get from Hulk is people who think they know all about it and decide what they like or are confused by it or think about it compared to the TV show or compared to the previous movie or, I mean, there's just, there's a million things to get in the way. Well, I noticed they stopped making those movies. <laughs> well, Hulk's the one of the weak, one of the ones that did underperformed. Uh, I think actually they could probably do it now because I think they've really established him as a character. But I can see why they're gun shy; they don't need to. I yeah, I still think overall. But they, that's why they're using him in Ragnarok. Sorry. <laughs> I that's that's why I think they're being smart in using him yes. there in Ragnarok because I feel like he is a good character paired with someone else. Yeah. Because then they can they can do the they can do the talking basically when he can't. Right. And so that kind of creates that more more of a cohesive mo- movie. Whereas I think I don't I, well, I watched I, most of the first the yeah. first Incredible Hulk one, not the the, the, the Angley, Angley. Angley. yeah. yeah. Um, that one's got a lot of issues just because its pacing is so yeah, yeah. exactly. And he was experimenting with yeah. like camera stuff. Yeah, yeah. But there's things I like about it, in particular the part where he punches the giant monster poodle. <laughs> I'll always be for that. Now I think what's interesting is that the Ed Norton movie was decent. It was. It was decent. And I think it could have worked a couple... I think it would have worked better if it had been a little later because I think they would have been more willing to give the MCU a chance in that way. I think, though, that Hulk really comes into his own in Avengers because Bruce Banner has scenes and he talks and he relates to other characters and the Hulk relates to other characters and the, and and even the, the, the challenge of what he's facing is interesting because mm-hmm. he's so powerful. And I think that's the part where they really made him a, a strong character that people were enjoying seeing. And I think they could have gotten into the, some of that in the Hulk movies and didn't. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. They were still experimenting, I think. The thing I sure. do like about the Hulk movie I, I, is he does fight the Abomination, which is a pretty good fight. I yeah. like that fight at the end. I like the fights where he's smashing tanks and stuff like that. <laughs> well, um, if you're making a Hulk movie, he better smash some tanks. Right. <laughs> um, I love that part where he's smashing tanks, and I love the fight where he's fighting the Abomination at the end. I wish the Abomination didn't look like the way he looks. I think this is when they're still experimenting because the Abomination looks more like fish-like monster. And I think they could have done that a little better. But I don't care. At the end of the day, he's still a giant guy who punches the Hulk, and I like that. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. So I think that works overall. I don't think it does anything really spectacular, and I think ultimately it didn't. It wasn't a huge building block. Uh, in fact, I think you could pretty much skip it out of all the these movies and probably not really be lost. Yeah, I think a lot of these... Well, I skipped it, and I'm not lost yeah. on anything else. Especially so. because so much of the Hulk is already established by yeah. the TV show, and everyone knows the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the MCU movies um, that are just kind of okay, mm-hmm. I'm not sorry that I watched any of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, I still like seeing 
the the excellent kind of like CG and cinematography that that brought elements of the comic book to life. So it, it's not like I regret seeing the Hulk or I like it, Thor the but Hulk I don't Wars. go out of my way to watch it. Right. Um, it's got a lot of again. If, if it, my number one criteria, if Hulk smashes stuff and it's cool, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Right. Uh, if you have a Godzilla movie, Godzilla right. should crush some stuff. Well, and it's hard, you know, it's hard because Bruce Banner had this problem in the comic books too, is he's sort of a sad sack justifiably so. Deadpool, one of these like, well, Deadpool is he's 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 got issues, but he's fun. He's enjoyable to be around, he's got a lot of personality. Logan, the new one, I it might be good. I doubt it. X-Men movies aren't very good. But <laughs> like the whole thing is 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 him being broody and and down. One of the things oh, that, that Bruce Banner by default has to be broody and down. <laughs> Because if he's too happy, it seems really weird. It's like, well, no, you've got issues. <laughs> yeah, it would right. be a little weird for him to just go from super happy-go-lucky guy <laughs> yeah. to the Hulk and like, okay, you know, like, whoa, he, wait a minute. He's really in control of his temper. Yeah. He's just really relaxed. Yeah. It's like monsters are attacking the city, and he's just like, Chill, whoa, man. guys. Yeah. I do like in the Ed Norton movie that he's practicing like Zen meditation. Yes, I did like that. I did like that. But yeah, I mean, a character like that's not fun to be around. <laughs> it's not. He's, he's the one who's tragic. But, he's the tragic character, yeah. and that kind of makes him a little less fun. You know. I think Adrian's right. It helps to have a non-tragic character paired up with him. That's true. Well, like that, and like in Thor Ragnarok, he's going to be off fighting fire demons, so it's not like you're going to be like, oh, poor yeah. fire demons. Yeah. And Thor's going to be like, yeah, let's go kick some demons around. <laughs> yeah, it's time to clock in. That's right. <laughs> Get <It's>, angry. <laughs> there was an animated thing. It was basically two half-hour things, or 45 minutes or something. Hulk versus. And it was Hulk versus Thor, Hulk versus Wolverine. And they were both really good. And the Wolverine one has Deadpool in it. And the actor does a great job with Deadpool. And uh, it's him and the Hulk interacting. And then the Thor one, basically Loki calls Hulk to separate like... Bruce Banner from the Hulk and summons the Hulk and lets it loose on Asgard and is kicking everybody's butt. But then he can't even control it because again he's let the Hulk loose without even like Bruce Banner even in there. And it's just, like there's this great shot of like the Hulk trying to pick up Thor's hammer after he's kicked Thor like just to pieces and he can't do it. And instead of just letting it go, he's just like and he just gets more and more angry. <laughs> And it's a great, but like Deadpool's in that, and it's, it's just really fun. Um, it's a really good movie. Those are really good. I recommend those as like just short little films that are pretty fun. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Scott here. Trying to sell your home in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Look up Copper Key Designs Home Staging Services. Sell your home faster and for more money. You can find it at copperkeydesigns.com. So we've got Hulk now is Iron Man 2. Right. Which I say is the weakest of the Iron Man oh, films. Oh, I say it's the second weakest <laughs> of the Iron Man films. <laughs> Three, two and three are almost equally bad. Oh, I was hoping you'd be the tiebreaker. <laughs> I, I, I lean towards three being worse, honestly. I, I No, I, I don't like that then. <laughs> I, I really do think that I think Well, maybe three you should bring worse. your black friend next time. <laughs> I have several black friends, just for the record. Not that I'm keeping track. But if we were. But if we were, I'm winning. <laughs> So Iron Man 2 is is a okay comic book movie. 
It's okay. It's got um got uh, like whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. Pretty, reason. pretty spot on. Well, it'd be weird to be. I always think that's one of these superhero universes. You always got to make sure you have a name that's creative but related to what you do. <laughs> Entirely. You know, it's not like you're going to show up and be like, "Who am I? I'm Whippy Man." <laughs> They gotta have workshops, I guess. <laughs> sure. Um, so in two, I think we get into the government's starting to push back a little bit against Iron Man. So right, right, right. Going I on. like that aspect. It's really just kind of a continuation of Iron Man, right? Shooting stuff, right? <laughs> Being Iron Man, right? It's 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 um, there's basically... no aside from the government thing. There's not like a huge conflict aside from you know Iron Man versus the latest villain. The, the, my my complaint about the Iron Man movies is they always kind of. Tony Stark is a flawed genius, and sometimes it gets a little boring. <laughs> I just, that's my thing. I found Iron Man 3 not to be great, but I wasn't bored by it. Iron Man 2, I was bored by. And partly is, and I, I blame this on, I want to see more Iron Man. And like Iron Man 2 has, this, to me, the, the fundamental scene that, that does it for me is where he's in the race, and then Whiplash shows up and like breaks the car, and they run over to bring the suit to him. And then, so he's like, oh, he's barely surviving. Then he gets the suitcase suit on. Uh-huh. There's this big moment, and it's like, oh, it's going to be awesome, and then it's over. And I'm just like, why did this is when it's supposed to be awesome, not when he just got the suit. <laughs> and I feel like in Iron Man 2 and a little bit of 3, they cannot wait to get him out of that suit. And that really annoys me. I know, like, I'm glad the actor's great. I love Robert Downey Jr., but I'm there to watch that suit beat people up. <laughs> you're watch, You're there to watch Iron Man be Iron Man, not Thank you. Tony Stark. Right. And I mean, I like the Tony Stark part. Right. Uh, I, I like the Tony Stark parts in Iron Man sure. 2. I get a little annoyed that every time he's in the suit, it's kind of the movie's kind of like, okay, let's, I mean, let's not do too much of this. I think they don't want to go overboard. Yes. I, I think I agree that there could have been more of that. Iron Man 2 is no Iron Man. <laughs> Which is ironic, because we were just talking about what Iron Man, he just spends all the movie making one suit, making a suit and using it. <laughs> yeah. This is when he has plenty of suits, and it's still like, maybe that's the secret, there's too many suits. That's <laughs> the third one, there's too many suits. <laughs> Iron Man 3... <laughs> Too many suits. Subtitled too many suits. <laughs> was it uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Did you watch that? Titus is auditioning oh. for Spider-Man, the musical Spider-Man. Spider-Man's. Too many Spider-Man. Yeah. There's a song. I will crush that Spider-Man. And then on the Spider-Man. <laughs> Further requirement was being able to sing while running into oh, yeah. other Spider-Man. <laughs> dodging, dodging things. Objects and other Spider-Man. <laughs> Iron Man, too many suits. Which really is this is the third movie. Yeah, my problem with the third movie is it just none of it made much sense. <laughs> my problem with the third movie is that it teases me with Man Thing, <laughs> the character, because there's little nods to the Man Thing, but they don't have the rights to the Man Thing. He's one of the characters they sold off, <laughs> so I'll never get my Man Thing movie. Is that like similar to Swamp Thing? Yeah, yeah, he's like. Swamp Thing, okay. except that Swamp Thing is like this philosopher, like super wise, mystical guardian. And Man Thing is just this dumb plant monster, mystical <laughs> guardian. Um, it's really hard to describe why Man Thing stories are good because imagine a thing that doesn't really think, that wanders through the swamp and gets in adventures. I don't know how it works, but it's some of my favorite comic book characters. It's like some of my, some of my favorite characters. He just wanders around and is like, over and over, they talk about how he's not sentient. There's a person in there. But he's not really aware. It's it's very so. There's little nods to that in this movie, in Iron Man three. But it's right. But Iron Man two. It's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man three has the Mandarin in it. Sort of. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of kind of a pathetic Mandarin. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking about two, and I think that yeah. 
that one is, I don't know, I, I, I think it's mediocre. I mean, it's it was fine. It was yeah. entertaining. But that's really, to me, it was entertaining. I know to you, you, you it was boring. But to me, I've, I thought yeah, it, was, yeah. it was flashy. It was, you know, yeah. it was very, there was a lot going on. But then, yeah, it wasn't like super memorable. Or it wasn't anything revealed that was really more than the previous movie. Right. It was just, like Scott said, it was basically just kind of Iron Man fights. Kind of treading water. Yeah. Yeah, kind of treading water. Yeah. Uh, I put it in my my bag of okay Marvel movies, whereas 3 kind of just makes me angry. (laughs) See, I can watch 3 again, and I know I can watch 3 again mainly because it has some interesting sequences of action, which I enjoy. And I feel like this one doesn't have a lot of those, and that's that's always going to be my strike. I'll watch something that's okay if it has some interesting action sequences. I feel like two doesn't have interesting action sequences. Okay, I think my argument against three is the story is just, I don't know, I didn't like it. <laughs> I, no, I, I can't argue. I think problems. three's got a lot of issues. And, as we were talking about before we started recording, is the three thing is, it kind of has a story arc that is irrelevant once, because he keeps still, t- it's all about post-traumatic yeah. stress, and then he, he's sort of, let's move forward, I'm going to try to get through this, and then it's like, hey, he still has it. So it's like, <laughs> well, that was a waste of my time all the way through that movie. Maybe it's too real for you, man. <laughs> not that easy to recover from PTSD. I know, but you still have the character evolve. I don't expect him to be... I don't expect him to... Once again, I don't expect him to walk on like Bruce Banner. Hey, there's that guy. I'm going to an alternate version of fan fiction of Bruce Banner where he gets blasted with radiation and he never knows. He turns into Hulk because he's just so even and mellow. How did I end up here? I don't know. Whatever. He's just, whatever happened, man. He's like, man... There's aliens attacking. If only had a really powerful foe, monster to help us. Yeah, that'd be great, guys. I wish we did. They start the Avengers like all start punching him in the face. What's Nobody wrong, knows, guys. Nobody knows. He doesn't even know. Like yeah. Aliens show up just to say like, "Oh, you know, you're really powerful." I am. That's cool. That's super. <laughs> so after Iron Man two comes Thor. Thor, which is a huge, not a great movie, but a huge. Step in the audience conditioning. Yes. <laughs> right? Step yes. step three in brainwashing. Get in preparing. It's acclimating. Like acclimating, yes. it's They've slowly turned the heat up a little bit. Because I remember seeing in the previews, like when uh, Loki shows up and he's got that horned hat. Uh-huh. That is full. Or they showed like the stills and there's, oh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, that's going to be cool. And he's standing there in like full, with the eye patch on the throne and I was just like, you could, you could tell me, you could not tell me who that was, and I'd be like, that's Odin, right? And and those elements, this is where I think that they they started grasping that they could, they could do these characters even closer than they they were. Yeah, they can make them recognizable, right? And still have a successful mainstream movie, right? And this one has the cop out where they kind of toy with magic, but they pretend like it's not exactly magic. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but it's still, it's still conditioning the audience because basically they're saying, out in outer space, it's close there's enough, a bunch though. of super gods <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> who have technology. <laughs> Somehow, even though they've got super technology that's almost like magic, they still use swords. Right. And this hammer I control with my mind. <laughs> right, right. And uh, the Tesseract's in that one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Is it? No, no, that was in Captain America. I think they they reference it here. They reference it. May, it may not be a big part of the movie. No, no, they reference it because it's in the there's a there's a nerd shot where is there a tesseract in um, Odin Town, Valhalla, wherever <laughs> Asgard? they are. Asgard. Asgard. <laughs> Let's all go to Odin Town. 
That's that's uh, uh, the that's the tourist trap area outside of Asgard. <laughs> you can buy a little bobblehead. Odin. You can buy a little bobblehead. Odin. It's the Disneyland of, of Asgard. That's it's right. Like, you get the uh, the golden apples, down. golden caramel apples. <laughs> You're not immortal, <laughs> but you sure feel like it. The kids are wearing the plastic door. Elements. That's right. <laughs> There's cosplayers running around. <laughs> In my uh, novel, Divine Misfortune, which has gods, at the, near the end of the novel, one of the other gods is, is just going to add to uh, Valhalla, where they basically Odin has just turned it into a sporting event. And you go, and everyone's sitting there, and just watching like, warriors beat each other to, to death as entertainment, because they're all immortal, because they're all in the afterlife, and they just like, and so like one character's like, oh, I don't think the, the soldiers are going to be that good against the dragon. <laughs> They're like, well, next year they're talking about allowing them to have tanks. Oh, that should be interesting. And I feel like that's what happened if Odin opened the tourism for people. Odin Town. <laughs> Thou must be this tall to ride the Roy Row Bridge. <laughs> the Roy Bridge. It's like a shitty roller coaster. <laughs> so now our fan fiction is even worse. It's like a terrible, like underfunded theme park. Yeah. I want my five dollars back. <laughs> Thor has to go on a mission to save the theme park. <laughs> Get that health inspector to change his mind. It's all it's all fun by Loki. I know you put roaches in a salad bar, Loki. <laughs> Adrian's reading Facebook now. I'm looking something up, Thor. Oh, she's looking up. Uh, but Thor. Is the movie? I don't love it for a certain issue, mainly because I like I really like Thor. Thor is the first superhero I was really into, so I know a lot of these characters and these stories. But the very fact that they're as close as they are is is impressive and and surprising. This is the movie, you know, because Sally, my wife, knows this too. We like I go there and like where they have Thor talking to the Warriors Three, which are supporting characters in Thor, and the fact that like Fandral in the comic books, he's this blonde guy with like a funny mustache and a little <laughs> little tiny you know triangle beard. And that guy shows up, who was Chuck. I didn't know it was Chuck, even, from that TV show. You just show me, like, that's Fandral. Zach Levy. Or Levy. Yeah. And um, it's amazing that that they did that. And and they still had the, you know, the like, okay, the, the giants were not the same exactly, but they still had weird alien giants. Loki, they introduced Loki, and he's not exactly like he's in the comic books, but the fact that he was even recognizable is pretty impressive. Sure. They put the helmet on him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, which uh, that's a that's a weird looking helmet, and for the fact that they actually pull yeah. it off, like because they even got rid of the the winged Thor helmet, he literally yeah. wore it once, yeah, and then he was like, nope, not never again. Well, well that's the, so you can see Chris Hemsworth's handsome face. Well, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth specifically said that they wanted him to keep it on. But he said he was trying to do all of his stunts and things right. like that, and it kept literally I like, think it, would fall it was off falling really off, high. and it was trying. Yeah, it yeah. was like it was just too oh. much of a hassle. So he's like, I literally was like ripping it off in almost every yeah. scene, and he goes at that point, just what I point? can see that because there's that's the comic book thing where you can do stuff in comic books where it's like <laughs> yeah, like it's just not going to work because it's like that Loki helmet. I always thought it looked good in the comics, but I was like, well, you've got to have like the upper body strength of a god to carry that thing. <laughs> Golden freaking horns. Right. Yeah, like I can see like, Loki because he's a god. That's like, like that's two feet long. Yeah. That's... But the fact that 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 they made that helmet, and, and I, I always wonder if Tom Hiddleston was just like, oh my back, oh my neck. <laughs> oh, it had to have been foam or something. Yeah, I assume it wasn't. <laughs> 
This also had um, this is the one that was controversial for a couple of reasons, which is fascinating. Which is both Heimdall and um, Hogan the Grim were oh, replaced yeah. by minority actors, and a lot of idiots. I'm just gonna say it, idiots <laughs> sure. were upset because they were like, "Oh, they're changing the characters," and I'm like, "One, they didn't really change the character; it's still the same character." Mm-hmm. Hogan the Grim is still Hogan the Grim. Heimdall is still Heimdall. And then the other factor was like, you know, oh, it's, it's, that's not what they are in the myths. I'm like, well, in the myths, they don't live in outer space. <laughs> also, in the myths, Wait. Thor has red hair. I don't see you, you, you freaking out that Thor is a blonde. Like Nordic myths? Yeah, they were trying <laughs> to say to that. Comic book? Yeah, they were trying to say that. And I'm like, okay. well, that's not really the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, gonna argue that. At least yeah. use the comic book as the right. source material. And they were like, well, it's it's not... And then they tried to do this thing where it's like, well, it's being disrespectful to like Norse mythology. I'm like, shut up. Look, <laughs> if someone worships Thor now, they're just going to have to get over it. I'm sorry. I'm all for religious tolerance. They're allowed to worship Thor, but they're not allowed to complain that imaginary Thor. Yeah, comic book Thor. <laughs> if you're, if you're going to complain about comic book Thor... <laughs> Versus the actual deity or yeah. theoretical deity that you worship. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a completely different... That's right. Uh, Jesus was probably not white either, but nobody seems to complain. I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was brown. Just leave that up there. <laughs> at the very least, he'd get a tan. That's what yeah. I'm saying. At the very least. He's probably a swarthy guy. <laughs> he's probably gonna... He's always this fair redhead. I'm like, man, maybe I should just show him like, oh, man, I'm peeling again, guys. Uh, well, and I thought that was interesting because uh, Penny Arcade had a joke about it where it was like people were complaining and and they were like, look, we get it. You're, you're upset, but you can't really like even white power groups were upset. And I was like, it's 99% white people. Yeah. One, one black guy, one Asian guy. You're still pretty set. Don't worry about it. You're fairly represented. You're fairly represented. And... Heimdall is awesome in that movie. Idris Elba is awesome in that movie. Oh, he does Heimdall. so good. He's badass. He's so good. And he's like so covered in that armor that yeah. looks ridiculous. By the way, that looks just like his armor. I mean, it looks like, you know. <laughs> but the fact that like he would show like show up and I knew exactly who he was. And he sets performance is so, because he's just so stoic because he just sees all and knows all. Mm-hmm. He's such a great character in that movie. And he's really the hero if you think about it because without him, they can't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that part where he's like going to like, cleave loki and he gets frozen and then he breaks out oh the best i'm not clear on why heimdall is not the king of asgard well see here's and this would be my complaint with the thor movies and now i don't have too much a problem with the thor movies there's a lot going on in there but my main complaint with the thor movies is that thor is really powerful and the movies don't quite present that thor is powerful as the hulk in in many regards and so odin is Considering that Odin in the comics is supposed to be many times more powerful than Thor, Odin should be like, Anthony Hopkins is fine, but really he should be a giant <laughs> Viking man. That's the luxury you have in comic books, because comic books they've had so many years they can develop Odin and all that. And I think that was my main complaint is that in this particular, in the Thor universe, Thor and the gods are tough, but they're just tough. They're not like these incredibly magically powerful beings that they can be in the comics. And then it kind of creates the accident, because Heimdall who is just a really powerful being, but they're all really powerful beings. But in this one, it's kind of like, how come this guy can see all and know all? (laughs) And you're like, well, Odin can do stuff too. Yeah, but he doesn't really do very much in that. Yeah, I didn't really uh, see... uh, Like you were saying, he seemed more powerful than a lot of the characters in the movie. Yeah. Um, Just because he had to be, I guess. Well, I mean, that's that's his his shtick. He sees all. (laughs) Uh, Interesting fact of the day. Oh, boy. Since you mentioned Anthony Hopkins... He was originally, Odin was originally going to be uh, Mel Gibson. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. And he turned it down. Because oh. he thought that the movie was not going to do well or something along that line. This lines. was still the stage where they were, where they were, people were like, this isn't going to, this isn't going to do well. He was, he either, he thought that and he was also, there was another project that he was going to work on and then it ended up being basically just a, a flop or something. Oh. It just, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, so there was two reasons, but yeah, he, he, he turned it down. This is, which, I mean, we, we take it for granted now, but this was a really big experiment. Yeah. To be fair, this is where the, the I think the, I get a little annoyed at the DC's movies because I don't feel like they're really experimenting. But the Marvel stuff, now that we're at the stage, we've gone so far. But I do, re- you do remember when Thor came out, people were like, Thor? Yeah. The space gods? What's yeah. going on? It, you yeah. know? And It was and a bigger was a leap big, of faith, it was faith a big than, leap. than even Iron Man, I think, because yeah. it's just, it was a big step in the direction of this is fantastic. Right. This is f- fantastical, however we mm-hmm. want to say it. But this is not, you know, based in you know, normal technology, reality. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's tied into Earth, but it's still a whole different universe. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a whole different level of power. It's a whole, just like, the, there's these space gods living out there <laughs> yeah. in these grand palaces. So I can see, I mean, at the time, I thought it was like, this probably, well, I don't know how well this is going to do, but it, it did well enough. And it's, it's it was that step. And, and now they keep doing that every time. I mean, We'll get into that later on when we talk about like Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange, but every time there's a step where I'm just like, you guys are pushing it too far. But now at this stage, I'm like, no, you can do what you want yeah. because you've earned it. It feels You've like done a good job. It. Yeah, it feels like they've done it. Well, because they have, because by the end of this stage now, we have, they have created a universe where you have Daredevil and the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and Iron Man. All these guys live in the same universe and it doesn't seem weird. Right. <laughs> you just take it for granted. Oh, and, you, and you've established now... Aliens, right? Technology, uh, magic, other dimensional beings. But yeah, th- yeah, exactly. Super spies, dimensions. You know, you've established all of these yes, different things, and spies. all together, it's like, oh, well, okay, that's fine. If right. if I can accept aliens, well, then I can accept right. magic. If I can accept magic, right. well, then I can accept you know, well, interdimensional what... beings. If I can accept you know, so yeah. it's it's kind of like it puts puts it all together and makes you right. almost believe in those, and it's like, oh, okay. Well, and I love uh, comic books. One of the reasons I think comic books, I credit comic books for, for being such a big influence on my writing is because I love the unfettered fantasy of a comic book universe, especially superhero comics, because basically it is like, I mean, Avengers, when we get to Avengers, it really is like, well, there's a space god and a scientist who turns into a rage monster and an engineer who builds a super suit and a super soldier from World War II and they're all fighting aliens and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I have no problem with that. Yeah. It helped that the first Avengers movie was very, very well done. It was. It was. And it, I, it did the thing that I was worried <sighs> about. Me. Well, it, it's also <laughs> just got, it's got that thing which I, I like is it's got really cool action. Mm-hmm. Event, it's got great character moments. It does that. But give the characters all something to do. And they all have something interesting to do. And there's cool events and there's cool fights. And they get to show off their powers in interesting ways. Because it's just really well done on all those levels. Yeah. Joss Whedon did a good job. Yeah. Um, Let's go back to to Captain oh. America before we get to yeah. Avengers. Yeah. Um, I think this is Captain America may be the best of the okay Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot, quite a bit. It, it introduces Captain America in World War II era, yeah. and it's pretty well done. It, it follows this character arc of the, the creation story of Captain America um, is good. I like Captain America for, for two reasons. One is... I love that they didn't feel the need to make Captain America edgy. <laughs> and they have never made him edgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they've played with that, one of my pr- frustrations with like the DC movies is 
they've made everybody into Batman because that's the only thing they can figure out what to do. People like Batman, we'll just make everybody Batman. I love that, again, the, this experimental stage is somebody was like, here's Captain America, and it's a World War II story about, like, he's going to go fight, not even Nazis, because that's kind of maybe even gray, more gray than they want. There's these evil super scientists who used to be Nazis, and now they just are. But the fact is, like, he shows up, he's just this really good guy who believes in helping people. He gets superpowers. He's this really good guy who believes in helping people. He's a doofus. Like, when he... Right. I mean... He's, he's not, like... He's and never the, conflicted in the sense – when no. he is conflicted, it's because, man, I want to help people. How can I help people? Yeah. He's never, like, self-centered. He's just this – I can't really, help enough. I need to help right. more. Yeah. It's like, this is wrong, and I'm going to stand up for what's right. He's always just a really good guy, and I love that aspect of it because I like all the characters. I don't think I'll care. I, I hate all that. I'll like that. It's what's missing from the Superman movies, the new ones, is he's not just a really good guy. And that's really – lazy writers think you have to make something, like, complicated or, or confused. But if you do a good story with a good character, and you make a good character, and, and I love that in all the Captain America movies, he's just a really good guy. Yeah, he's a Boy Scout. He is. He's the Boy Scout, but he's a great character. Well, and I think what they did so well in Captain America, like the especially the first one, is I, I honestly, first thing I heard of or, or heard Captain America, I was like, God, that sounds like a dork. Like, it just, <laughs> and, and it's like, and what? Oh, okay, he's. A soldier. I'm like everything that they said about this character because I I'm not a comic book reader, but everything they said about this character, I was like, God, I don't want to root for this guy. He just sounds like one of those like I'm brainwashed to love America. Right. Hooray! Right. Hooray for everything. And I was just like, God, this is going to suck. And but honestly, by the end of that movie, it made me love a character that I did not think I was going to well, like get involved in at all and it just because it was I so think, well written and it's so well I think well that done. stems from the comic books. I think Captain America has been always real lucky to avoid jingoism. Mm. He's always avoided that. It's funny in the 60s they revived him in the 50s or 60s they revived him and it didn't go very well and so what they did is ret- when he showed up later again they retroactively said that was a different character who had got the super soldier serum on him oh. and it had actually made him a little bit like nutty and that's why he was sort of a commie basher Oh, and no. it made him crazy um, because he's always because in the comic books they've always kind of played with that the notion that like he's he's yeah he, he sort of embodies this ideal this sort of American ideal not this blind loyalty but that's kind of like an American ideal too about like questioning and thinking about what you should do and the, what the role of the government and people I think he's always done that he's always been a really solid character in that regard and I think I think it shows in the movie because they they have that that framework there because mm-hmm. you're right it'd be so easy to make him kind of well, uncomfortable even, cringeworthy, you know, America, punch a Nazi for mom, yeah. <laughs> you know, and even they play on that, like where he's doing the show, the USO yeah. show, and it's just, he's so bored with it because he's like, well, I know I'm doing my part, but I want to do more, help people, not just punch Nazis and all that, and <laughs> fun, punch, you know, fun, fake Hitler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I, there's a lot of things I like about that movie in that regard, and I think you're right. This is the movie where I felt like they, before I'd seen it, it seemed like they were going too far. <laughs> Yes, and I was I was primed not to like Captain America. I can see that, but it, it turned out. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think you both have good points, and it turned out to be a decent. And and the only my only complaint my only complaint with Captain America the first one is he's too good in the sense of at his job. And if you if you read that if you watch that movie like from the perspective of like the rules for writing, he's there's always this rule, and it's not always you want to follow it all the time. But the the villain acts and the hero reacts. If you actually watch that movie, Captain America acts and the Red Skull reacts. Mm-hmm. So the Red Skull is mm-hmm. constantly getting his ass kicked throughout this movie. 
And if you, you know, it feels thrilling. But afterwards, you're like, well, he never had a chance. <laughs> Captain America has just been kicking his ass up and down. <laughs> like, even his last, the last scene is him, not the heroes rushing in to stop the Red Skull from launching his attack. They rush in, and the Captain Red Skull's like, shit, I better launch my attack. <laughs> so it puts him in the perspective of, makes the Red Skull seem like the guy who's kind of like the underdog in the movie. <laughs> and it's fun. The aesthetically, it's fun. But I always feel like at the end, I'm just like, oh, I kind of feel sorry for the underdog. I know he was a terrible person, but I kind of feel sorry for the Red Skull because he never really had a chance. I just wanted to pull him aside one time and go like, you'll beat him one day, Slugger. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like the whole movie could just be the Red Skull going like, Captain America, yeah! (laughs) Like he's about to give a speech and then he gets punched. The end. Captain America gives him a wedgie. <laughs> it's a wedgie. Yeah. I just like it was going to be like, nice I, you'll never stop me, Captain America. Hey, how about a wedgie, Melvin? <laughs> <laughs> also, I get oh, a little... Oh, just mean. <laughs> right? You're like, I know he's a bad guy, but I feel bad. I, the other thing that annoys me about that movie is they have so many cool things and they don't really... Like, they have those giant tanks. They don't do anything with them. They just show up a little bit yeah. and blow up. And they've got those guys with, like, the flamethrower arm things. And the preview had that thing where Captain Reagan jumps in the middle and they're going to come at him with the flamethrowers. But that's just the scene. They just capture him. Oh, look, we got flamethrowers. They were captured. When you went to the trouble of designing all these cool, you know, retro Nazi super weapons, do something with them. Yeah, I agree. The Red Skull was so busy designing stuff, he just never thought to use it properly. More of a dreamer than an He's engineer. A dreamer. He's like, I've got these laser guns that can disintegrate people. And they're like, yeah, but what if we get shot? Oh, you'll die too. <laughs> so bullets still work, then we don't need laser guns. <laughs> he just spends all his time reading comic books. <laughs> <laughs> like our theory about the uh, the Nazis wanting to create just this mythos about themselves. So he's, <laughs> he's their ultimate mythos. Like, it doesn't matter if we win as long as we've got death tanks. <laughs> As long as we're the villain in every movie for the next hundred years. <laughs> and even in the movie at the end, the Red Skull is like, oh, well, Captain America, and he grabs the Tesseract, and then he just disintegrates because <laughs> it's too powerful for him. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Just You should have called it a day, which is a disservice to the Red Skull because in the comic book, the Red Skull is a pretty serious enemy who, sure. because he's an evil mastermind. You know, they're the worst. <laughs> they have a lot of trouble with evil geniuses, I think, Yeah, in the yeah. MCU. Yes. <laughs> And <laughs> in, in representing them. All right, so so we're moving on to Avengers. Oh, this is definitely a flex point. This <laughs> is the everybody point. loves the Avengers. <laughs> I hope so. Well, not everybody. Well, I met some. I met some wrong people. Good things. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone with taste likes the Avengers. <laughs> I, I love. I love it. I, I, I. It's that movie. It's one of those that you, you're talking about. Those, those. These, especially these first ones were so experimental. There's that shot, and they've used in the preview where they're all standing around and the camera pans around them. That's that moment that, like, comic book fans were just like, oh, my God, I never thought I would see this in a movie. <laughs> well, and literally, they didn't. a lot of people just did not think it was possible. Right. Like, not just likely. They didn't think it was possible mm-hmm. because of either special effects or whatever budgets or who knows just what. so difficult. But right? they really didn't think that it would be literally like, possible to do. And then it was like, ugh. This, well, is, this is happening. And, right? and even even the fact that they laid so much of the groundwork before so the characters could interact. Because that was the thing. 
we, we've talked about that, but one of the things with the DC universe is they're just trying to jump ahead so quickly. The fact that the Marvel movies establish so many of the characters and ideas, they're, they're really, they're well done. So even if you don't know them, you don't need to know them. But if you've watched the movies, they trust that you can follow it. And I think that helps. Like Justice yeah. League, I don't see how Justice League is going to be able to do that when they're going to try to introduce like all these characters. At least three. At least. You know, and, and also kind of trying to compensate for, like, Aquaman. They're going to be like, Aquaman's cool, guys. Trust me. He's cool. Yeah. And I'm like, Aquaman is cool. Look how dark and brooding he is. Look how dark and... <laughs> See how he's like Batman? <laughs> Where's Harvey Dent? <laughs> um, well, Avengers didn't baby anybody, partly because they didn't have time. There's a lot of characters in that movie. <laughs> right. So I got to give Joss Whedon credit for um, the, the juggling act. And I got to give off. the production credit for... for thinking they could do it yeah yeah we're giving them a shot at it <laughs> it has the first it's... cool superhero fight yeah uh i remember like i saw the preview like the, well, the minute long thing where like the preview where they showed like iron man fighting thor and they're doing cool stuff and they're using their abilities and powers i just thought that was really <laughs> that's like a great introduction to not just superheroes fighting superheroes but different superpowers and how they interact with each other you know the fight scenes are top notch yeah because that part where it's like you know where he shoots him with like the lightning bolts, <laughs> and then he's like supercharged. <laughs> or uh, uh, then Captain America shows up and tells him behave. <laughs> There's this thing with Iron Man where his suit is destroyed every time he fights. You know, <laughs> if you're gonna movies. fight Thor, <laughs> it's oh, I, under, I get yeah, it for Thor. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like every fight he gets into in any movie. Mostly destroys the suit. <laughs> well, that's because in uh, Iron Man 3, too many Iron Men. <laughs> it's the conservation of ninjutsu. There's not enough right. There's not enough ninjutsu to go around. Oh, is that why they all exploded in confetti? Right. <laughs> if you have one Iron Man suit, it's really tough. If you have 50, they're all 150th. It's tough. So we that's clearly all, we all love physics. Avengers. Yeah. And, and which we all agree on that one. Is there anything that that you don't like about Avengers? That's a good question. I don't know. Hmm. I think in many ways, I've heard some complaints about cinematography that are that are fairly accurate and that some of it's overlaid stuff like that. But I'm not getting into the technical stuff. I think it does a really good job. I think I think it it, it does everything it's supposed to do uh, really well. I think it holds up really well. I think I mean even they couldn't even I think duplicate in Age of Ultron. I think Age of, of course Age of Ultron had a problem is that it was kind of short. They even shortened they shortened it. I mean, the fact that they, they do a great job with the characters interacting in interesting ways. The helicarrier, they introduced all those concepts. All those things that could go wrong, like as a comic book fan, like when Hulk, you know, when Bruce Banner finally loses it on board the helicarrier, you're like, oh, shit, you're screwed. <laughs> and Black Widow is running from him. She's like, I'm screwed. And then when Thor shows up, where, and they even notice the money shot. Where like Thor's coming at like Thor's like fighting the Hulk with his bare hand in, and then finally the hammer comes over and does this Hulk command and he just grabs the hammer and just smashes it in slow motion and it's just that moment where you're like, I never thought I would see the Hulk and Thor beating the crap out of each other. Uh there is the T V movie that they had. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't very good, but it was low budget. Which I like better, but it still it wasn't Thor in that. There's stuff in that movie that all through that is is mine. Even the opening, I remember the opening of that movie. I'm sitting there with my wife, and Nick Fury shows up, and there's the secret shield facility, and then you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, and then Hawkeye, and then they open up, and out comes Loki, and it's like, just straight up Loki with his magic staff, and he's like, zapping people, 
And even that opening, like, uh, oh, I forget the name of the agent. The agent played by, uh, who was from How I Met Your Mother. Maria. Maria yeah, Hill. Okay. Agent Maria Hill, who's in the comic books. Like, the fact that even before the Avengers have shown up, there's this kick-ass action scene of, like, super, like, she's doing, like, super spy driving. And it's just like, this is before the superheroes have showed up. There's so many threads in this movie yeah. that um, it's impressive that none of them just kind of got ignored. <laughs> yeah, and, and like when they when they introduce like when you know Black Widow shows up to collect the whole, that's a great yeah. scene. Colby Smolders. Colby Smolders. Like if you told me, like I would see Agent, you know Agent Maria Hill <laughs> do a kick-ass action scene. And it's like is she it's her movie? No, it's not her movie. She's just a kick-ass agent. Yeah, and it's full of that. And the movie, and that's the only thing. I, oh, I know what my, my strike would be. My strike would be the death of uh, Coulson. Because Spoilers. <laughs> From like how many years ago? And he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. There's two reasons We've for that. We've done spoiler warnings for older movies. <laughs> two, two reasons for that. One is I think it's cheap drama to kill the character that people like. And he was a really popular threading, running thread character. And I think there's no reason to, to do that. And two, like, because you could, you could have just had him mortally like, wounded and he goes to the hospital. Yeah. But instead, they kind of kill. And this is the the complaint the Marvel Universe has that I think is appropriate. People have is they keep pretending to kill characters and then not kill them. Yes. And comic books have that same problem, which is ironic because the writer's like, "Oh, I want to use that character," and he shows up. Yeah. The movie should know better. Just don't kill him. You could just have him go to the hospital. <laughs> well, and it's almost like this it is a Joss bad. Whedon thing. Joss yeah, Whedon yeah. just likes to kill people. Well, that's true stuff. too. Uh, but it's kind of a the the killing the puppy scenario. Yeah. Because he's clearly not one of the big guys. Right. He's awesome. Coulson right. is fucking. Well, certainly not going to kill Thor, <laughs> right? But I mean, like, but he's he's the puppy to the group. He's yeah. not like he's not part of the group. He's basically the one that that yeah. follows along with them, and you know, you know, basically is the loyal guy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's so. It's just the one that you. Oh, it's you're killing the puppy. So I, it's the you know. Yeah. Well, and I don't mind if they it, it stabbed him or hurt him. I, I I think I don't. First of all, I don't need characters to get killed a lot. I, I don't mind if they. Like, if they don't die. I think that's kind of cheap drama. But if you're going to do it, stick with it. Yeah. And the fact that like, they were like, well, we're going to kill him, and he's back. Yeah. And then, you know, we're going to kill Nick Fury. Well, I'm not, I know he's not dead. No. It's just stuff like that. And I get a little annoyed at the... And the comic books have the same problem, though, because they'll do that a lot, where, one, I still think it's stupid, because if you kill a character for real, you're probably pissing somebody off. Like, Coulson's a good character. He should still be in the movies. I'm sorry. We're wasting him on a TV show. TV show's wasting my time. But that's all right. <laughs> um... But uh, but also, it's kind of like, I get really annoyed. And maybe because as a comic book fan, I always like secondary characters, and they're always the ones that are in danger. And I also like secondary heroes who kind of don't ever have their popular, and they're always the guy who's going to die. I remember, like, I, I, I'm the only guy in the world who loved Quasar, who's like a Marvel character. And then he showed up after years of not showing up, and I was like, oh shit, Quasar's about to bite it. So they can show how bad Annihilus is. And I was like, oh man, you know, you get this weird thing where you're like sick of seeing your favorite characters. You're like, don't show up, don't show up, I don't want you to die. So that would be my strike because it irritates me in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. I think it works fine in the movie. Uh, I think it's I think it's ruined with the TV show bringing him back because that's just cheapens the drama. But it's not my favorite thing in that movie. It's the thing that I'm not really that invested in that movie. I saw the first two episodes of that TV show and they make some reference. Right. They, they, they have reasons for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they justify it. I mean, it's comic books physics. I don't... Sure. You know, they can justify anything. <laughs> we need super science to bring him back. Okay. Yeah, all right. But it doesn't matter that you can justify it. You you can't... I have a hard time with... Because comic books have this problem, which is they'll act like they're going to kill a character, but they literally live in a world where anything's possible all the time. It's really hard. 
it'd be like if Adrian died regularly and came back, it'd be weird to say like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Scott, Adrian died, and you're like, well, it's like she died two times last week. She'll be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's She's like you back. Know, right. right. <laughs> she that's, got better. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's the thing with comic books. Like even some writers make fun of that in comic books where they'll have characters die and other characters be like, well, I'm not really that invested in that. Like Banshee when he died. His daughter was like, they were like, are you okay? She's like, he's died like twice before. Who cares? He'll be back. And they're like, well, you're just not coping. She's like, why am I to cope with grief that may not be real? So bad thing. Jean Grey dies again. Right. She doesn't die any more than a lot of characters. I mean, but, uh, but it's just, it is that thing. I find, I find it a cheap ploy that doesn't work, especially in a shared universe because some other writer or character is going to come and want to do it anyway. Yeah. I can't think of any major problem I have with Avengers. Yeah. Um, I, I like the contention between. Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah, some good stuff. It was well done. Uh, and I love that, actually, the later movies, as they add more to that, you realize it's like either retroactively or intentionally, it's because Tony Stark sees Iron Man, Captain America, Steve Rogers is like his older, perfect brother. Because <laughs> they mention stuff like that, where it's like, you know, you know, Howard always says, oh, did he know you? Oh, yeah, he only mentioned that about a 100,000 times. And that they, I love that subtext that was created accidentally or intentionally in that. And I think the humor works. I like the yep. humor. I also like that their interaction is all, is also kind of based on Captain America is smart. Right. But he's mainly the muscle. Right. That I mean he's a leader, but he's the muscle. Like right. that's that's what he is. I mean, literally that's you know, he yes. he's got the super serum. It's like and Tony Stark is all about brains. He's yep. all about trying to be smarter than the enemy, trying to be the, you know, anticipating things and, and thinking about things and inventing things. He's all about that, that brain power right. using, you know, and so I think he kind of looks at, 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 um, Captain America as kind of a epitome a big, of everything. A big dumb. Yeah, jock. exactly. Yeah. I, like the, the jock that beat him up in high school or something. And I think that kind of, you know, plays well as far as like that started. And yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why the well, two of them should not get along. It's also so. it also it highlights why the Avengers work as a team. It's because they each bring something different to the field. And I love the idea that like yeah, they don't respect each other at first, partly because they're 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 they they can't help but view the world through their own perspective. Right. And that's true of all the characters. You know, like Black Widow is like a secret agent, and Bruce Banner's a genius too. But he he looks at it like science in a much scarier way because he's had a really bad experience with right. it. And even that there and all those conversations. And all the interactions the characters have, not only are they, even when they're not, even they're just, they're funny and they're cute, but also they're all really character based, which I love. Mm -hmm. That's the thing I like is that every moment, like to me, that's when you know is, could I take out a character and would it ruin that scene in the interaction? Could I just swap somebody in? And like sometimes witty dialogue that doesn't work because everybody's just kind of witty. Mm -hmm. But like, like there's all those lines where it's like, like what, there's the part where they're taunting Iron Man and Captain America taunting each other and Iron Man's like, Captain America's like, put on the suit. <laughs> yeah. Put on the suit, and then there's the explosion, and he's like, "Put on the suit," you know. And his whole attitude's changed, yeah. and, and I, and the same way, Tony Stark's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go put on the suit," <laughs> or you know, like Captain America's jokes about like, "Oh, I get that reference," you know? <laughs> or or even like where Bruce Banner, Tony Stark are talking, and Bruce Banner's like talking about how you know the problem he has, and Tony Stark's like, "I I think that saved your life without you realizing it," and you know, you can think about all the things that could have happened to you. And I think when it comes down to it, you'll be ready. And then, of course, there's the great moments like, you know, that's my secret captain. I'm always angry, <laughs> which is one of the best scenes where, you know, Bruce Banner shows up. Sure, it's all well written. And he's just like, and he's got that. That's my secret. I'm always angry. And then he just, and there's a reason that became a meme because it's so memorable, so built into the character. And it's also that moment where they, sh like, 
you get to see the Hulk as he truly is because that giant space dragon comes down. And he transforms and just kills it in one punch. Mm-hmm. And it's that moment that transforms me like, this is, this is the Hulk. He is a powerhouse. And then I think the other things it does great is it, it really does, like, it makes the Hulk character. It makes all, even during the fight, they're all still fighting the way they function. They all still function. Makes Loki a really, it does a good job with Loki. He's mm-hmm. a great character. Again, that, that there's a reason that, you know, puny god moment is so memorable. You know, where it's like, ah, because that's Loki. Loki's this, I'm a, he, does, he doesn't respect mortals. He's really powerful. And even the little things like the, the fact that like Loki, like people don't realize, but like Loki is not as powerful as Thor physically, but he can still kick Captain America's ass really hard because he's still a really powerful being. Right. He's still a quote unquote god. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and all those elements to me are what, what really work. And every time I'm, even that movie, it's easy to take for granted at this stage. But all of it works. I mean, even the Hawkeye. You're like, Hawkeye, what's he going to do? And it's always doing cool stuff. And there's that cool shot where, like, he shoots the arrow all across the city and, like, Loki catches it. Which, again, is a perfect moment because it's like, Loki's really powerful. Hawkeye, like, shoot an arrow, but then the arrow blows up because it's like, well, Hawkeye's not an idiot. He knows you're not going <laughs> yeah. to shoot an arrow at you. I'm just going to shoot a regular arrow. <laughs> yeah, that'll I teach think that'll you. work. <laughs> He's That'll not, teach you. He's not stupid, yeah. <laughs> that would be the end of the movie. Oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job, Hawkeye. What were you guys doing? Well, we were fighting aliens, but I just took out the leader yeah. with an arrow. <laughs> or the so, best part is, oh, no, see, our, our secret plan was just to have you distracted by somebody saying, hey, Loki, and you turn <laughs> and I shoot you. Yeah. But that didn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Loki. There's that part. So many parts of that movie that is amazing, like Thor with the cloak and cape and everything is fighting Loki on the rooftop, uh-huh. and they're like swinging hammer. Oh my god, it's amazing! That stuff <laughs> you just never would expect to see. Like again, the fact that it, they didn't—it's like full cloak. It's like oh, we'll give him a cape. Why not? <laughs> I think they got carte blanche at this point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know because they were still. I still think this is still stuff they're experimenting. Because when they get a little farther, they still are pushing stuff. Well, because, yeah, this is the first time that you've really seen a, a movie that has had so many main characters yeah. in one place. Yeah. Not just supporting. Yeah. These are all main characters. And this many people at one point doing an action movie? Uh, I, what? I I don't even think the... Um, what's the one with all the old guys in it? Expendables? The Expendables. That hadn't come out yet. That hadn't come out yet. Like, no, I don't think you'd really have anything that you've had any, you know, have a, that many... Well, because it's insanely hard to make a movie with that many people. Well, just because even coordinating is really right. hard. Right. Just getting all the actors in the right place God, at the right time. And paid. And, even yeah. if it wasn't a comic book movie. Right. That kind of thing is, is not easy to pull off. No. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is that I, I, I agree with him that it's still an experiment. I think it's still, like, they're still not, this, this is the big, this is the culmination of all of the things that they have just done. Yeah. And they're praying <laughs> that this is successful. I think at that point, they're like, just, we're going to go for right. it. Hail Mary, let's yeah. go. And let's... They, they went full. They didn't play it safe. No. And they, they did it and it worked. And yeah. that's, I think that was at the point that was fine. Their final, like, okay, now we're, now we're free and clear. Yeah. Let's do this. You know, like, cause yeah. it just, you know, box office numbers were just right. through the roof. And... Right. Comes Iron Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> a garbage movie <laughs> for garbage people. <laughs> An okay movie. Yeah, it's fairly garbage. It's bad. There's things I like about it. There's things I don't like about it. <laughs> I haven't watched it though since then, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I, I like it okay, but 
it's it's definitely a little bit let down after that. And there's too many super suits, definitely. <laughs> well, and the weird, too many suits? the weird bad Spoilers guy that that is trying to basically do a, a super ser- soldier serum that just makes like half the people explode. Well, that's like science. that's yeah. yeah, but at that point, it's like okay, clearly this is not quite successful. We still need to get this worked out before you launch full-on Mandarin, let's do this shit. Like, no, no, you haven't figured this shit out. It's still yeah. only 50% successful. Uh, yeah, just wait I, a little what bit I like, longer. What I like about that, this is, again, the tie into the man thing. Tony Stark fights one of the agents, the fake agents that's a woman, uh, and she's, uh, I can't remember her name, but she's actually Man Thing's wife. In real life, that she was his, and she's got a scar on her face in the movie. She was his wife before oh, okay. he became a monster, and she's got a scar <laughs> on her face like in the movie because he burned her face in the movie. <laughs> the other thing in that movie that, I, and this is where I get because it's in Florida, and they keep talking about Florida. That's where the man thing lives. They, you know, they get really hot and they touch things and they burn and melt. That's kind of what the man thing does too. And I was like, why are you giving me man thing hints when you're not going to give me man thing? <laughs> so that's a strike on this movie. I'm with you now, Scott and Adrian. This is a terrible movie. <laughs> Lee, do you really want the man thing? I really want the man thing, and I know what that means, and I don't care. <laughs> you know what my favorite one of my I favorite just that sound one of my sense. favorite comic books <laughs> is Giant Size Man Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna you're, be used you're later. You're describing this comic, and it doesn't sound like a good comic. What man thing? Yeah. It doesn't, but it's a great comic. For years, right. R.L. Stein is writing a new Man Thing series. R.L. Stein, yes, wow. I am, I am cautiously optimistic. <laughs> the legendary Steve Gerber, creator of Howard the Duck, uh, Man Thing, uh, Howard the Duck first appeared in a Man Thing comic because there was a Man Thing guards the nexus of all realities. Howard fe- uh, fell into it, and here's the thing: the writers, the editor was like, "This is stupid. Get rid of this character." So Howard <laughs> the Duck like falls through a crack in the world and disappears. But people became really excited. Like, they got tons of letters about Howard the Duck. So Steve Gerber started writing Howard the Duck. And for a decade, maybe 15 years, Howard the Duck was a really strong character in the Marvel Universe. And he had, like, these weird surreal adventures that were, like, commentary and and parody and satire. But also, he fought Dracula and won. Uh, he's, he's, He's done all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's still one of my favorite Marvel characters. Which is when he showed up at the end of Guards of the Galaxy, man. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I knew he was going to show up and I was still blown away but that's a whole other thing <laughs> alright so Iron Man 3 we all agree is tepid at best <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, at a, best. that's an optimistic at term best. for that alright it was yeah the the Mandarin was not a great character the the uh, the overall story to me just felt like a propaganda film it just was not it was, it was awful it just the whole Pepper made me want to puke Pepper Potts getting, you know, super, super stoked and just like going nuts and beating the guy to death. It's like, what? Like, just, oh, God. I like that part, but that's all right. <laughs> then there's. You've got like 40 super suits and you can't beat this guy? Like, come on. Like, what well, the fuck? Well, that's, uh, yeah, I agree with that. That's stupid. Next is Thor the Dark World, which Scott and I hadn't seen. We saw yeah, that recently. We watched that. A I saw it in the ago. theaters. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. There's elements I like about it. I think my biggest complaint is the same thing I feel is that it doesn't really capture the power levels of Thor. Mm-hmm. This is also before they introduced, really introduced magic. So Malekith is just sort of an alien with a few unique powers. In the comic books, he's like a dark elf sorcerer who's got a lot of cool powers and abilities that they can't really, they couldn't really do at this stage. 
Yeah. I think it's an okay movie. I don't think it really stands out. Especially, I do like the part where they're going through the space pockets and the hammer, and Mjolnir can't catch yeah. up to him. That's a cool thing. I like that. Changes direction. Oh no, you're over yeah, here. Yeah. Oh no, I you're thought, over there. I oh. thought that was cool. Yeah. No, that was very good. I I just my only complaint I think is is Jane Foster. She is just a poorly written character, and just I don't. I love Natalie Portman. I love her. Yeah. She she does good. I ignoring Star Wars. I don't. That's well, yeah, but nobody did a good job on that. Yeah, so. nobody did. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But I've seen her in other things, and I really think she does a good job. It, she just, I don't know, she falls so flat, and I think just the, chem- the chemistry between her and Thor is just not there. I, I, I don't know if I agree with it, that. It's just... What I do agree with, though, is she doesn't have a strong enough... The Pepper Potts angle with uh, Tony Stark, I felt like Pepper was a, a solid character who actually has a story arc and evolves through the... Um, and, and in fact, I think that the fact that, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow isn't back in these movies is kind of a weak point because I think Pepper Potts was a really good character to play off Iron Man and also a really strong character on all. And again, another strong, interesting woman in the universe. Um, I think Jane Foster, in the comics, she's just a nurse. Um, she doesn't really have a motive. The question becomes, what is your function outside of being Thor's love interest? Right. And so they give her one sort of where she's helping a little bit with the physics and stuff like that. But it always feels a little tacked on. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And Pepper Potts also just, I mean, she, it would be better if she was, were more involved in the current movies because yeah. she keeps Iron Man from being, from, from basically like overthinking himself yeah. to death. Yeah. I think she really like gets him out of himself and actually gives him a reason to not be this brooding, you know, yeah. PTSD, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like it, she she is there to balance well, him out. And yeah, it's like Thor's, Thor's not, not having an existential crisis. Right. <laughs> he just likes her. I like her a yeah, lot. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that, and I will she's, say. She's spunky. I mean, literally in like three times in the movie, I like her. Like, because she slaps him. Yeah. And I'm like, really? She's just kind of being a bitch. Well, and like, she becomes the MacGuffin even where it's just like, oh, I've got the magical thing in front of me now. That way I have to go. Well, and I think that's the other thing. Like, I didn't talk about this, but like one of the things I love about Avengers because I love that, you know, Pepper Potts is in it a lot, but she's in it at the beginning, and, and you see her interacting mm-hmm. with with Tony, and it feels like they have an adult relationship. Yes. It's not, and I, I actually, one of the things I find fascinating is, it's not like a sexualized relationship, it's like two human beings who have grown and built the relationship. Uh-huh. At the end of that movie, where he's building Avengers Tower, and they're sitting next to each other, and, you know, he's got his arm around her, and they're, you get the impression that they have a partnership, and that's really hard to do, mm-hmm. and it's also felt like, I know it's weird, but it felt like a very mature yeah. Like, like it happened off camera. Yes. In a way, it's like, because it happened between Iron Man 2 and Avengers that they were together, but it felt like a very natural transition. And I feel like Jane is sort of that thing, and Jane and Thor are kind of like, I love you a lot. Yeah. And that's okay. I don't mind that. They're but... like horny teenagers. I mean, basically, it's just like, oh boy, I can yeah. see you again. Well, and, and Thor will like... be like, well, you'll be dead in, a, in, in less than a day. Yeah. In a, less, than a, less than a century. So it's not, it's just a fling for me. A little bit like uh, Twilight. <laughs> Wow. Except less creepy because he's not thinking about killing her. I love you. We can't be together. <laughs> <laughs> also, Thor the Dark World had another of the classic, Loki's dead. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah. It's hard guy to kill. <laughs> the other thing that annoys me a little bit about Thor the Dark World, and it's just my problem, is I really like Curse the character in the comic books, and the Curse in this one is kind of cool, but kind of not. But those are all little nerd things. Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> Thor's my favorite. And these movies are not good for Thor. They're decent. 
but they don't give me what I want from Thor. The people want to hear your perspective on I've already talked about how in <laughs> Thor, the original Thor, the Destroyer, you can't hit that once with a hammer and just make it fall down. That is bullshit. <laughs> Magic robot with all the powers of Odin imbued into it ain't going to go down with one hammer hit. Oh, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Winter Soldier. <laughs> Great. I like Excellent Winter Soldier. Movie. Yes, Winter Soldier is a lot of fun. Movie. Really good. Winter Soldier is fantastic <laughs> in the movie. Um, I yeah. like who they got to play him. Yeah, I'm not even and... a fan of the character in the comic books, and I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I and knew it's... nothing about the about yeah. it in advance, and I really enjoyed it. I liked yeah. the conflict. I liked the the struggle overall, and the characters did great. I think it was really well done. And it the just... it's a great spy superhero. It, one of the things that the Marvel movies do great is they they're doing all these different genres. Mm-hmm. So Thor's like a fantastical version. Iron Man's like a science thr- sci sci fi thriller. Doctor Strange is weird stuff. Doctor Strange <laughs> is, is weird fantasy. Captain America, the first one's a war movie, and this one is a spy thriller. Yeah, it's it's just a spy thriller with spies that are colorful and have secret identities, costumes, and all that. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, it's it's there's a secret plan by a secret organization, and they're trying to work <laughs> together. They've been infiltrated by spies. We get another level of saving the world. Not yeah. quite saving like the world from physical destruction by aliens. But still pretty bad, because <laughs> but... the bad guys <laughs> yeah. have succeeded. It's also got some Saving of my society as it exists. Some of my favorite action scenes, and I think it's because well, one, I like Captain America so much in this movie because again, he's this like noble ideal without seeming schmarmy or weird. But like, because someone points out, you know, the part where he's in the elevator and all those guys come in, <laughs> and he's he kind of gives them a chance. He's yeah. like, guys, we don't have to do this, and then he kicks all their butts. And people point out, it's not like he kicks their butt and it's just like, yeah, yeah. He's really disappointed. No, he's really disappointed that these guys. Had made him kick their ass. He had to kick their ass, and then. Well, and plus it, these are friends. Right. Like, I mean, to him, or, he, he, it's like or he people he's know. very well known, right. you know, knows very well. It's it's really frustrating to him because he's like, "Damn it, I thought these guys were yeah. good," you know. Like, <laughs> and then there's Batroc the Leaper, which is another obscure Marvel character that I never thought I would see in a in, a, in the movie. It's the uh, mercen- Algerian mercenary he fights on the boat. That's right. He's a he's a character that Captain America fights quite a bit, and he's just a a, a, a martial artist. But he's a cool character. This guy, like, doesn't look exactly like him, but he does have the colors he's wearing. And I knew, like, I could know because he's also doing a lot of kicking because that's what Batroc the Leaper does. He does, like, a French savate, which is, like, a footboxing uh-huh. technique. And so when oh, he showed up... I know what savate is. <laughs> when he shows up... <laughs> and my wife had made a joke from, like, the Thor of the Dark World. Actually, it's ironic. She made the joke on Thor of the Dark World because she was like, oh, guess what happens at the end of the, the, the stinger? I was like, what? Batroc the Leaper? And I was like, what? <laughs> awesome! And she's like, no... And I was like, oh. <laughs> but I love that I could believe it. And then the Winter Soldier shows up and Patrick the Leaper shows up. So that's awesome. And then my one of my favorite parts is where Captain America, armed only with the shield and a motorcycle, <laughs> takes out a hovercraft. Yeah. Because that's... Somehow way more believable than a diehard. <laughs> <laughs> well, because... Because he's good, he's got the shield. Sure. I just love, I love that. That's my one of my favorite moments. Because I was just like, "You poor bastards! Should have brought two hovercrafts. You might have had a chance." This is where Captain America seems a little ambiguous because he's he's in the movies. He's as strong as he needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To conquer something. Yeah. So in this one, the the one that kind of took me back is he jumps out of a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> and just lands on his feet. Yeah. And that that makes me think. Okay, I guess he's at least that strong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's it's, he's, it's still he's kind of ambiguous. He's, he's, he's a little he seems a little stronger than he does in the comic books, because um, in the comic books he's supposed to be like 
just on the edge of superhuman. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it works fine in this movie. It's still believable. He's, yeah, yeah. Well, if it's, he's still, you realize he's not, he can't punch Thor. So he still seems like lower level. And at the end where, like, they have the helicarriers and the Falcon, when they introduced the Falcon, I was like, ooh, Falcon's a cool character. But he was really cool in that movie. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I, I thought, I saw like a picture or a preview yeah. or something and I was like, oh God, that looks so <laughs> dorky. And I was just like, holy crap. They're really gonna have a guy with like little wings? Like that looks terrible. And then I saw the movie. I was like, "Damn, yeah, that's a great." <laughs> I, I like never, you. <laughs> I never thought I'd see it where he's like, Whoa. yeah, and he's like flying around, and 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 I was just like, "Oh, Falcon, that's awesome." <laughs> um, so that's it's just a really solid movie. Um, that still surprises me in a lot of little ways, and it's just gotten some really good action sequences, and it's a great it's a great spy thriller. Yeah. yeah, well, I like their use of... Black Widow? Yes. Of course, the one freaking female <laughs> character, and I can't even remember her name. That's that's real sad. Generic female spy. Yeah. Well, I like their use of Black Widow. I think they, they do a good job of her, her showing her strength in the in yeah. the party. You know, basically, yeah. like, what does she have to bring? Because in a lot of, like, in Avengers and in the other movies, yeah, she does some cool stuff, but it's like... Really, it doesn't optimize what she can yeah. do, and in that, in that is basically her intelligence as far as right. Well, and her she suffers the same smart, problem you know? that Hawkeye suffers in these movies is that she's a leader, yeah, and they already have leaders, yeah. Because that's really why Hawkeye's one of the uh, a pretty solid character in the comic books. But in these ones, he's okay, but he's mostly just a guy who some, shoots some arrows at that stuff and makes and, quippy jokes and, and quick. And yeah. Black Widow is the same way. Like Black Widow is a leader. Um, and a tactician, and she's a little bit in this one, but again, she kind of falls secondary to the other character. Yeah, it can be harder to bring across the movie. Yeah, and also it's just it's hard because somebody's already staked that claim. Right. The comic books are so many, you know, I'll just go to another team over here. <laughs> she led the champions, which had the Ghost Rider in it. Nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> champions, instead of obscure. They had, they had Hercules, I think it was Hercules, Black Widow. It was very weird. Hercules, Hercules Black Widow. Ghost Rider. Dracula oh, for certain uh, uh, No, no. Um, Iceman. And okay. I think the Beast, but I'm not sure. Here's the fun part. It's even more obscure. When Marvel had the rights to Godzilla, he fought the champions. Oh, no. So Hercules at one point was going to get stepped on by Godzilla and pushed him off. Because Hercules, yeah. strongest man. It's badass. Yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. had a special division designed to hunt Godzilla. <laughs> Headed by Dum Dum Dugan, who is the character with the derby hat you see in Captain America, the first movie. Dum Dum Dugan. Dum Dum yeah. Dugan. Yep. I, I can't and remember who he's played by, but he was like, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite comic books is, is where Godzilla got shrank and he was, because of pin particles and was slowly growing. And he was Dum Dum Dugan size and Dum Dum Dugan finally had a fist fight with Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, you know you've been waiting for that your whole, you've been like, I've been tracking this damn giant monster. I'm going to get a few good licks in there. Wow. <laughs> well, I, as, like I said, I really think that it, it emphasized, it gave Black Widow a chance to really show, yeah. like, I can be helpful to, you know. Cause well, with, despite cause, the result about teamwork, too, and they worked right really yeah, well. And yeah, and it helps that it's just Captain America in this movie and not, you know, Iron Man and Thor. Right. Well, because it's, 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 it's lower level physicality. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, wants to point out, another case of Nick Fury dying. And then not dying. Yeah. It's his thing. Just it, let him do it's it. It's the Marvel stuff. It's like, hey, look, you're almost dead. <laughs> oh, I wonder how long he'll be dead. Do you think he'll last till the end of the credits? He's <laughs> um, only mostly that, dead. <laughs> so this is the the uh, Captain America movie that set expectations for me. 
I expect every Captain America movie to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, Civil War is pretty good. It is. It's pretty good, and Civil War is, so far, is so good. a great. It's almost like the third Avengers movie in a lot of ways. <laughs> I I feel yeah. like it is. Yeah. yeah. Makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel. And Iron Man, all jets of flames. He fights and fights with repulsor rays. Check, 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 check. Testies, testies. Uh-huh. I mean, girl testies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say something. Breasticles, is that what you're looking for? <laughs>